Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Happy to Meet Cute. This is Fallon Ballard here with my, I did not look up an adjective <laughs> because I'm still half asleep, but she's basically just the best human being on the planet. Hey. <laughs> also, your sweater today is like top tier. It's very rainbowy, and I am oh. for it. <laughs> I thank you. It's like a color block rainbow sweater. I keep it on my writing chair. It's my writing sweater. I love but, it. Um, it's sunny here, but also kind of chilly. So, Yeah, it's a little bit weird. Of course, um, it was like blazing hot all weekend. And now I we're I know. Fallon, you are the best ever. So Stop. we went to the Los Angeles Times Festival of Books, a.k.a. Bookchella, <laughs> this past <laughs> weekend. And Fallon was like, I was just like that lost, chaotic person (laughs) and (laughs) helped me through it all. Uh, But Courtney brought snacks, so she's the true hero (laughs) in this situation. (laughs) Um, I just had so much fun. I like leave these kind, it doesn't happen very often. I wish it happened more often, but anytime I get to gather with other authors and meet readers like I just leave the experience feeling like so full and Mm -hmm. it's just one of those days that makes all of the other bullshit that we have to deal with sometimes like sometimes it's just really hard to be a writer and I you know try to be very grateful for all the things that I do have but also Mm -hmm. you know be aware that there are things in the publishing industry that just will always kind of get you down. Um, But these are the days that like make all of that worth it. Mm, Yes. I know it's a feeling I almost, I just felt like giddy the whole time. Mm -hmm. Like a kid. It was so, yeah. It was so funny, but also like it was my first festival as an author. Dang it. My cat is back up on the board. (laughs) It was okay. She got what she wanted down. Um, my, it was my first festival as an author. Um, and it, I still am not used to, um, being an author in public. I think like, I love to sit down and write stories, obviously. And it's very cool when like the books arrive at your house, but otherwise it feels so like everything exists online in my email or on my social media. And like, sometimes it doesn't feel very real. And so when you meet readers in person, it's almost, it's like, I'll never get over it because it's like, oh, I guess I did write this book that exists for people to read. And it's very surreal. It it will always be surreal to me. Um, And I'm just so appreciative of like everyone who came out to our signing table and um, just like seeing friends that... I've never been able to meet in person before that like we've been friends for years, but we live on separate coasts or whatever. Yeah. And uh, wow. It was just, I left and it was like, was that, did that actually happen? (laughs) It goes in the blink of an eye, you know, it goes so fast. Yeah. Yeah. It just is such a fun day. And I just feel so lucky to be part of this community where everybody is so supportive of one another. Um, You know, 
And it's just like, I will just never get over meeting people and then being like, I loved your book. And I'm just like, oh, you, you did? You did? It's just like the best feeling ever. The romance community is, I don't know. I can't even put it into words. It's, it's just a really, really amazing place. Yeah. Um, and we did a lot of fangirling, which is always fun. Oh. Oh my god. I at one point, I think my whole nervous system like shut down. <laughs> well, it was like between Jasmine Gallery walking yeah. up and then VE Schwab. <sighs> I was unwell. We died. Absolutely died. We died. I know. Yeah. And then just on top of me meeting like Alexandra Bella Flor and Nikki Payne in person and Taj McCoy and just like all these incredible people seeing Kennedy Ryan from a distance. Oh my God. (laughs) I just love, so we crossed paths with Kennedy Ryan multiple times and both of us were like, we should just go say hi. We should just introduce ourselves. And we just like could not do it. (laughs) So shy. I know. know. And I never want to be like, um interjecting when some you know it's just like it's so I'm just an awkward person (laughs) yeah same 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 Uh, (laughs) and I think it was funny I was talking to a lot of authors who were saying that too like all of us authors are over here like oh I want to say hi but I, I don't know if I should and like I think a lot of people feel that same way yeah we all just need a little like I don't know we should have someone that just walks around introducing us. <laughs> yes. Well, and it's like, I enjoy, so we, I spent a lot of time during the day with Lacey Walden, who of course is an amazing author, but she is also just not shy and she will go talk to anyone. Oh. And I love tagging along with her because, and we, d- I did this last year too. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to hang out with Lacey. And like, Lacey's like talking to Allie Hazelwood. She's just walking right up to Christina Lauren. And I'm like, <laughs> I will just tag along behind you and take full advantage of you actually having the balls to go talk to all these people. <laughs> I love that. I wish that for all of us. Yes, you need a friend like that. Nikki Payne's very good at that too. I She's know. like, I'll go talk to whoever I want. And I'm like, okay, I'll follow. I'll be right behind you. I know. And just like so natural. And uh, yes, Nikki Payne and Lacey Walden just know how to light up a room. They do. I feel <sighs> so fortunate that we have had so many amazing people on this podcast that we've been able, like, it was so nice to meet Alexandria in person. Mm-hmm. Um, the two of us got to sign with Kate Spencer, who of course yeah. is always just a joy. I, know. I love her so I much. Her. Um, it was just and, such a fun day. And you made us earrings. I did. Fallon and made I... Kate and I earrings of our book covers, like little dangle earrings. And above the cover of the book was like a little icon that represented the book. So um, mine was a cinnamon roll and then Kate's was um, a subway, right? Yeah. Yeah. So now my project between now and Steamy Lit Con is to make earrings for just basically everybody that we met because... You're freaking amazing. <laughs> but there, I was like talking to Nikki about it because she's like, I'm going to pay you. And I was like, no, you absolutely are not. Um, but it's so nice for me to have like a craft 
where I'm forced to use my hands and not be on my phone. <laughs> like, mm. yes. It's a good distraction for me. So, Like your sweatpants cookies too. Yes. Those were <laughs> a lot of freaking work though. Oh my <laughs> Those God. I will not be making again. <laughs> oh my God. And we also got to see Allison Cochran. Oh yeah, Alice. She and was so sweet. I know. And um, oh my god, I finally got to meet Meryl Wilsner and Ashley Herring Blake in person. Yeah. So oh, no words. Yes. Oh, no. no words for I... seeing all those people in one place. Ashley Winstead. Ashley was amazing. Maisie, we met Maisie. Maisie, Maisie is absolutely delightful. Maisie, Maisie is like. One of those people that in person is like even more amazing than she is on. I mean, like she's very joyful and energetic and happy online, mm-hmm. but like even more so in person. I know. And then, you know, our our L.A. friends, Rebecca Weatherspoon, Aaron LaRosa. Yeah. So many people. So good. Um, and I know I'm so missing good. some, but it was just like the best day. Best day. And we had pretzels and lemonade. And really, yeah. what more can you ask for? Oh, and our steamy lit babies. Hello. Yes. Mel and Cookie, Mel which Cookie. I am now a million times more pumped for steamy lit con. <laughs> oh, my God. I definitely, I think I was talking with Cookie during, um, either, I think maybe before our signing, uh, where I was just like, this is so amazing because like this day was so great. And like steamy lit con is going to be like this day times like a million. I know. Cause we're all going to be there for two days. I know. We're all going to be staying in the same hotel. Like it's just going to be straight up party and love and support for, I just can't wait. It's going to be so good. And like, are there any readers better than romance readers? I don't, I don't think so. Nope. (laughs) Nope. We got we got the best of them over here. We do. In so romance India. <laughs> and I think that's a perfect segue to uh lead into our guest today, who is like one of the best members of the community. So, so supportive, mm-hmm. such an amazing reader and support system, and a writer in his own right. A writer in his own right. I like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah, today's episode is a little bit different because we're chatting with Mike Lasagna, who is a bookseller. Mm-hmm. So we get some insight into some of the behind the scenes workings. Um, and really, if you are an author, especially if you're an author, but if you're a reader too, like you would not be a writer if you did not have booksellers. They are the unsung heroes. Yeah, a, a writer or a reader, right? Yeah. It's cool. He talks about like kind of matchmaking for readers, books and readers. Um, and that like matchmaking books to readers. Thank you. Um, and then just if you're an author, I don't, I mean, I think I cried like four times. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like the most comforting, reassuring uh, conversation. Yeah. So, so good. Uh, So we hope you enjoy that, and we will be right back with Mike Lasagna. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Happy to Meet Cute. We are so excited to be here with our special guest today, Uh, somebody who I have, I was going to say 
followed, but it's really more like stalked on Twitter <laughs> for a very long time in a like totally innocent and not creepy way at all whatsoever. Um, so we are very excited to have one of my favorite Twitter people and a bookseller extraordinaire writer in his own right. Mike Lasagna, welcome to the podcast. We are so excited to have you here. Thank you for coming on today. Oh my God, thank you for having me. A am I the first bookseller to be on the podcast? You are. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Few... <laughs> no. Oh my gosh, we would not be here without you. So uh, thank you for all that you do for books and authors. It's amazing. And we can't wait to like get into all of that with you. Um, but can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So obviously my name is Mike. Um, I've been a bookseller for seven years now. Um, I have <clears throat> worked in multiple different stores. Um, I'm also uh, an aspiring writer. I started writing YA, oh God, when I was in high school. Um, before it was like even a thing, um, it was mostly just Christopher Pike back then. Um, <laughs> and like, there was no category or like adult goosebumps. There was like an older level goosebumps, I feel like for a while. Um, but then really in the past, oh gosh, two years since the pandemic started, uh, really started writing romance. And I feel like that's where I found my, my voice and my strength. And stuff. Welcome. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Welcome to romance. And I'm not going to um, lie. I've listened to every single episode of this podcast. No, you have. I 100% have listened to every single episode. I don't know. It was probably a tweet where I saw like a shout out or something advertising. And I was like, well, I have to listen to that. And like every single <laughs> one I've listened to. Every single one. It's great. Oh, thank you. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to us. That's an honor. <laughs> and I have to say too, okay. Mike is like book community's bookseller, like the book community's bookseller. Because for years before we followed each other on socials and before like I had an agent before anything, I was like so excited to see all of your updates about the books you were reading and about what was going on. Like you're always hyping all the books you're excited about. You just like embody the... Uh, I can't think of a better word, but just like that bookseller hype and like the passion that we all feel for books and it's exciting and you're just an awesome person. So when you agreed to come on, we were like ecstatic. So thanks oh, for being well, here. <laughs> thank you so much. And, and <laughs> there's only, I can only be excited about stuff um, that you guys create. So thank you for creating and, and working so hard. And, you know, a big thing for me, for book selling is it's impossible for me to separate the art from the artist. Like that's not a thing. Your story, how you get to where you are, how you get your book into the world is so important to me. Um, and really is a part of how I love books. So, so I love books. I love stories and I love authors just as much, maybe even more. That's so, so nice. <laughs> so, and then I love that Courtney said that because there was a time, I don't know if you remember this, but it was around your book announcement. Maybe it was before the cover was announced. And I was trying to remember the name of your book. 
And the only thing I could remember was the physical description of your banner on Twitter. And so I literally <laughs> sent out a tweet. I was like, help me. I'm trying to remember. This. I think it's this book. It's got two women on it. They might be in front of a bookstore. There's snow in the background. Does anyone remember what that book is called? <laughs> and you might have answered me and said, yeah, that's my Twitter bit. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm so excited. Like, <laughs> That was the best. That was the best. I love that. I think um, as authors, like I obviously, I have been a reader my whole life. So I have spent a lot of time in bookstores, you know, ever since I was a kid. Um, and being like a bookseller just seems like the most like magical job like I can't imagine anything more fun than just like spending my whole day surrounded by books um can you kind of like take us through like a a day in a bookseller's life like what does that look like for you um <laughs> a tip there's no typical day um but there's a lot less re like I want to dispel it right now. I don't spend my entire day reading at the bookstore. Um, what? I know it's crazy. <laughs> um, a typical day for me is uh, the first thing I do when I get into the store is I walk um, the whole book floor and I look at every single display um, just to check like quantities and what's selling, what's not selling. Uh, is there a display that I, you know, particularly am really feeling like, or, or if there's something that's maybe not performing that I want to change up the vibe a little bit. Uh, I, I look at all that's the very first thing I do uh, every day. <clears throat> and then I check in with, uh, uh, you know, our receiving department to see what's coming in, what's new. Is there anything that's going to inspire me there for, for a display or that kind of thing? Uh, and then from that point out, I, I am on the book floor talking to customers, working with the booksellers just kind of making the day run smoothly, which most of the time it doesn't. But like, obviously I told you a story <laughs> before about yesterday. <laughs> um, there was a little bit of blood involved. Um, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, there was a bird that got trapped in the store. I feel like a lot of people oh, might no. have seen that. I um, saw that picture. <laughs> yeah. Um, the raven. Yeah. Uh, ampersand. He got a name. Um, he was released freely. He survived, we assume, because about two weeks later, after that, there was another bird in the store. Oh uh, um, it's like, oh, is this a spot? This is the uh, spot, it, it's right? It's like a whole thing now. I just don't get it. So, yeah, it, it can be chaotic, but it's also um, a lot of fun. Oh, I love cool. that. What would you say are, like, the best parts about being a bookseller? I think, and this is going to be the corniest thing you've ever heard. The best part about being a bookseller is getting someone to come back and say to you, oh my God, I love the book that you recommended to me. What else do you have for me? And, and that is the ultimate goal. Every interaction they have with a customer who's looking for something, because I don't think, uh, you know, I don't look at it as selling anything. I look at mm -hmm. it as being a matchmaker. Like I'm here to help you fall in love with your next book. And so when you come back and tell me that I was successful, it makes my day every single time. Um, and it gets harder every single time. But um, that's really the ultimate goal. I love that. <laughs> well, and two, like I just had this thought as you were talking. A book is essentially you're giving that person whatever they want in um, at that moment, like whether they want 
joy or they want suspense or they want romance or they want like it's I don't know I'm not I'm not like wording this correctly but you're giving them more than just a physical thing yeah it's like I'm giving you uh, I want to give someone a moment in time I want to give you you know the moment that you worked to achieve so hard and write and create and get someone to feel um, I want to share with them uh, because I felt that. And then, you know, to be able to help share that with everyone else around me is really what drives me every single day. Ooh, so what is your perspective as a writer who also sells books? Um, it's like being in, it's like going to school every single day. It, mm. It's like <clears throat> learning what works and what doesn't work or what readers are looking for or what are the keys? And, and here's what I love about romance and, and um, you know, the formula of a romance book or the tropes or like stuff. I love it because it's, it's perfecting something so simple. So all my analogies are cooking analogies. So everyone's had guacamole, right? You've had really bad guacamole uh, <laughs> and you've had really amazing guacamole, but all the ingredients are almost exactly the same. So, so I think that that's what perfection is to be able to execute those things and make it amazing and an amazing experience every single time when everyone has access to the exact same stuff really makes a difference. And really honestly is why I think romance writers are so uh, underrated and, and so highly, highly talented. Yeah. You hear that a lot. Like, Oh, it must be so easy to write romance because it's just the formula and it's the same thing every time. And I'm like, no, actually, that makes it harder because because yeah, it's so you know easy to get wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you, your audience knows essentially what is going to happen when they pick up your book, and you still have to make it interesting and entertaining enough for them to want to continue reading, even though they know how it's going to end. Right, and, and that's what is so incredibly challenging and why I love romance, but to see it done so well. And this is not because I'm on this, your podcast with the two of you. It's, it's something that both of you do to perfection every single time. So, and so congratulations, number one. And, and, and please tell me how you did it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. You're, you are very kind. And I think compliments like that mean a lot when they come from people that are like, so entrenched in the genre, you know, Um, you know, like my mom reads my books, and she thinks they're the best books she's ever read. And that's great. But you know, they're the only books she reads. (laughs) So there's not a lot of competition. Um, But you obviously are, are very well versed and know what you're talking about. Um, Yeah, I just, like from the author's perspective, I just have so appreciated like the support and the advice that you give. And I clearly remember like before Lisa on Love came out and I was like freaking out about like, oh my God, I have to like go talk to people, which is the thing that I am not comfortable doing a lot of the time. And I was like, oh, I have to like make phone calls and like talk to strangers and this is terrifying <laughs> and you were just like so kind and you gave me the best advice and you told me exactly like this is when you should go talk to them like this is what you should say and like they're going to be so happy to see you and meet you and it was just like so reassuring and so helpful and 
Um, I know I really have benefited from your advice and I'm sure many, many others out there have as well. Oh, thank you. And, and like, yeah, I feel like there's no roadmap, right? How to, how to talk to someone, number one, but, but like how to go into a, a bookstore and introduce yourself as the product, right? So, you know, you are selling the book, but you're also selling yourself. Um, I know there's a great quote that like uh, goes around a lot that nothing sells backless like frontless. And I want to credit the right people, but I want to say it was Ash Poston and Nicole Brinkley, another amazing independent bookseller. There's actually nothing that sells your backlist more than a passionate bookseller. So, so mm. they're out there waiting for you. Um, and they will talk about you and your book more than you could possibly imagine. Um, so you should not be afraid to talk to them. They're, they're as excited, if not more excited than you are. I've nearly sobbed like four times already. <laughs> this is <laughs> not a podcast. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, like, it's good. So I, um, walking into a bookstore used to feel like an escape, right? It used to be like this comforting um, escape from the outside world as a, when I, before I had books published, I'll never forget the first time going in. Well, the first time going in, like right before my book came out, I was like, this is the last time I could have this feeling of like leaving the world. Right. And just entering into this space that feels like home. <clears throat> and then I don't know, it just was like this weird shift. And then when I became an author like officially published all that. And my book was in the store. It was like walking in. And when you said product, that's how it felt internally. And no one made me feel that way. It was just like this new consciousness of, oh, there's my book on the shelf. Here's me. This is weird. Like it's a very different feeling of a whole shift that anyway, but having booksellers, I don't know why I keep wanting to cry because I've had so many amazing interactions with people who like made me feel like this is, I'm still accepted here. I'm still like comfortable here. This is still my place. I don't know. I don't know how to explain that very well, but um, people who felt like they were welcoming, welcoming me home in a different way. Um, and like, I don't think my debut experience or this whole author experience would be the same or as enjoyable or as comforting and grounding without you, without amazing booksellers and people who, who do that work. I think it, it's, it could be really scary to take something that you are so passionate about and you've been doing for so long by yourself, essentially that, you have struggled and worked so hard and you've taken this passion and now it's your job, right? So you need to think differently about how your passion is going to be taken in by the world in a way that I need to get bread and, you know, still be able to capture that same passion. Because I, I mean, I, I totally understand what you're saying is my job is to sell books. And before that, I loved reading and I still love reading. The The way that I read books has absolutely changed. Uh, you know, I read upwards of 350 books a year. Um, and I, <laughs> it's true. Um, 
so I, I have to change that. And so that's why, I mean, I talk about and I'm really passionate about the books that I absolutely love. But it doesn't mean that the other um, 200 books that I read, I don't, I'm not passionate about. I just, there, there's only so much that I can do. Um, so I try to, try to, you know, pick my battles. Hmm. Oh man. Okay. So I really hate when people throw this question at me last minute because it makes me forget everything, but what are some <laughs> books coming out either coming up or that you've read recently that you're like just in love with? Okay. So there's two, I like, obviously I'm going to not mention any of the books that I, again, I've listened to every episode of the podcast that you guys have talked about before. But the first on my list that I think is one of the best books of the year is Fly With Me by Andy Burke, which is about um, an ER nurse who is on her way to Disney World to run a marathon. And some there's a medical emergency on the plane and the video footage of her goes viral, which catches the attention of the extremely attractive co-pilot. And who decides that she needs her help to navigate corporate events. So there's fake dating. They live in the same town. Uh, it is absolutely adorable and, and one of the best books of the year. And I hope everyone reads it. I got chills. You're multiplying. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Oh, it's it's so good. And it deals with so many, like, it deals with mental health. It, it deals with, you know, a complicated family relationship. Uh, it is so good. And then the other one, I think, Val and I saw that you read not too long ago, is Rent to Be. Oh. Oh. I'm obsessed. By Sonia Hartle? Absolutely, yes. Yes, I read um, a very early version, and it deserves every bit of the praise that is coming to it. So I'm convinced that she is a wizard because there's no way that she's (laughs) like able to capture the map. Like that book is like so magical. And like being in that age range and like having to think about like how much my monthly student loan payment is every two or three days. um, It it struck such a strong chord with me and it was, it was hilarious and it was so Mm -hmm. much fun. And again, hi, uh, just showing myself a little bit more fake dating, but uh, it, it, a great, an unbelievable book. And again, uh, probably one of the next, you know, really big books of the year. I Agreed. have never like felt so deeply seen mm-hmm. in yeah. my life. And I just, I was like, I don't understand how she is doing this because this is like the warmest steamiest coziest romance Mm -hmm. but this is also like the most realistic Mm -hmm. millennial financial story i have ever read like across any genre i was like this is magic yeah no and like i felt like that background sense of dread that like you know your bills are hanging over you and everything you did and she captured that so well that it was yeah. like there was literally times I had to put the book down and walk away for a second, not out of I can't handle this anymore, but just be like, I can't believe like I'm looking around and be like, this is what it's like. Like she understands what it's like and this is what it's like to read about it. So yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I will be screaming about that one for mm-hmm. a long, a long time. So I good. 
I don't know if I've seen that exact experience portrayed in that exact way on the page so far. I don't think so. Not that I, I, mean, I feel like a lot of like romances, I feel like mention it, you mm-hmm. know, like they talk about student loan payments or whatever, but I don't, I don't feel like it's ever been addressed in that way where there's just this feeling of millennials where it's like, I did everything right. Like I did exactly what you told me to do. I went to college. I got this degree. I got this good job and I'm still like drowning. And how do you like resurface from that? And how do you come back from that? And I, yeah, she just like, it's so brilliant. Brilliantly done. Absolutely. And and one I'll be screaming about. Yeah. For a while. For sure. Oh, I love it. Okay. Um, one of our, I think, most prevalent <laughs> feelings as writers um, is dealing with imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can imagine because I know, like, the more amazing books I read, the more I sometimes get in my own head of, like, I'm never going to write anything this good. Um like that happens every time I read a Kate Claiborne book. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just never going to write anything like this. I should probably just stop writing right now. Um, so is that something that as like a bookseller and a writer, you feel like you are dealing with? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it gets worse every week as somebody's new next new amazing <laughs> book comes out. And they're like, oh, Okay. You're in good company. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just so, I mean, it, 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 you're, it's human nature to compare yourself, right, to other people. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so to see other people, uh, you know, getting to where you want to go or achieving what you want to achieve uh, on a regular basis, again, I can, you know, set my watch to when the next, you know, crushing blow of a, a imposter syndrome is going to strike. Um, it, it, it can be really, really tough, but then, you know, it really is kind of learning or teaching yourself to tune it out or to try, <coughs> try to just kind of put up your own blinders and just stay in the straight line and keep writing or working or, or thinking about what how you're going to get there uh rather than you know the journey or or, you know what's going to happen at the end so i think for me you know especially having being a bookseller for as long as i have and making legitimate author friends i have you know my best friend is an author who i talk to every single day and it's so hard to not compare myself uh, you know, to her because she's amazing. And I'm just starting out. Like I'm not even, I'm not even a mile down the road and she's, uh, you know, halfway to Florida from from where I am. So it really is trying to separate yourself from that and stay focused on yourself and what you want to do. And it's so hard. I think too, like the idea of, and I was thinking of Suzanne Park who we had, um, was our first guest on the podcast and her who book, is amazing uh, who is incredible 
Her new adult romance, The Do-Over, comes out actually today, April 4th, as we record this. And it focuses on imposter syndrome. And if you are looking for some like really interesting facts on um, like systematically where imposter syndrome comes from, um, I would suggest definitely listening to Suzanne's um, comments about that in episode one. And also, when you talk about imposter syndrome, it just comes to mind how like primal and basic humanly a basic human, a basic function of being human comparing ourselves is. Because if you think like back in the whatever, whenever the beginning times were, we had to compare what we were doing to what other people were doing to survive, right? How are they hunting? I don't fucking know. But like now, (laughs) but now I just think like it's a very um, human thing to do that and to like want to be a part of something and a part of like, we don't want to be on the outside. Right. And I think that's just like a basic human desire. And so imposter syndrome, I've started sort of recognizing it as that, or at least trying to like, okay, well, this is like a very uh, like knee jerk response as a human that I'm going to have and like kind of letting it pass through me. And then like whatever I need to get back into my confidence or back into like what I do, right? What I'm doing, what like what's working for me and what's giving me joy in this process, like whatever that may be. I don't, I don't, that was a big jumble of words. I hope some of it made sense. No, absolutely. <laughs> it did. <laughs> it did. Um, yeah, it's really interesting when you, I think the more kind of entrenched you get in the community, especially the romance community, which I feel like as a whole is so supportive of each other, where it's a very interesting feeling where you like, you watch your friends do these amazing things and you're so like genuinely happy and excited Mm -hmm. for them to have these opportunities. But then there's also just that little part in your brain that's like, well, you didn't get that. And it's just like, what did you, what aren't you doing right? What are you doing wrong? Right. And, but that's not how it works. Like that's not how the industry works at all. It's not a meritocracy. If I said that correctly, it's not like, you know, it's not, it's nobody gets the same stuff. It's just kind of whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's that weird combination of luck and talent and timing. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it, it just takes a little bit of change in any one of those three things. And it's totally different. And so yeah. it's like, I got to recognize that and I just got to let it go. And it's tough. Yeah, yeah. it is. And, it is tough. And sometimes I sit over here and I say this as something that I try not to think of often, but it's like, I'm writing my, you know, gay little romance books, you know, and like, I I try not to think of my work as little or like, I know there are a lot, there's a lot of conversations about how you shouldn't down talk your work, right. Or belittle it. But sometimes it really does feel that way. Like, what is this? This is just my little like dreamy little book and blah, blah, blah. And then you see like big things happening for more like upmarket fiction or you're like, damn it. Maybe I need to be writing a thriller or maybe I need to be, you know, I'm like, "I I don't know. There's just all these thoughts that can enter your head. But I think when you come back to what you're doing, 
no one else can do what you're doing the way you're doing it. And that's why like books and this community is incredible because there's something for everyone. So I don't think that you should be little or think down on what you're doing at all because it's really, really important. And without it, we wouldn't have what we have as readers and we wouldn't have accessibility to all these things. No, absolutely. And and this is for everyone, but I'm going to say specifically to you, Courtney, is your books are not little. Your books are (laughs) someone is going to pick up your book and it's going to change them. And it's going to be their favorite book and the one that they love the most. And every time you struggle to write a sentence or finish a chapter, just know that someone that's going to be someone's favorite part or it's going to be, you know, someone's that's the part they're going to highlight and notate and send to their friends. So, so I just right back at you. Don't belittle your work because it's going to be very important to someone else. And you might not know it and you're never going to know, but it will be. Okay. Now you're making me emotional. <laughs> <laughs> No, good emotions, but (laughs) I think, you you know, as an author, that's really all you can hope for. Like, yes, of course, we want sales and we want movie deals and we want all of these sort of like big dream things. But like when it really comes down to it, it's like I want people to read my books and I want them to like them. I want them to be like, that was a really fun read that was a really good book. I really identified with that character. And like, that's, that's all you can really hope for as an author is that people read your books and they enjoy your books. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And to feel seen and less alone. And I think that's what books, uh, that's why books are so incredible. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I love this. I love this episode. I'm going to listen to this one a lot. Me too. (laughs) I do that sometimes when people say things, I'm like, I need to hear that more often. And so I'm just going to make myself listen to it a lot so that I remember these things. Cause sometimes you get lost in your brain. Yeah. Also, you know where to find me and I'll just, I'll just say it again. (laughs) (laughs) If I just DM you on Twitter, like Mike, I need a little pep talk. Totally fine. I love it. You'd be surprised um, the amount of DMs that I get that start with, this was really, I was really intimidated to send this to you. And I'm like, me? I'm intimidating to you? That's crazy. It's because you're so amazing and because you have such a great social media presence that your expertise is very uh, influential to people, you know? Well, it's, I guess I would say people should get their money back, but it's, I give it out for free. So. <laughs> but I think you're in a really unique position because there aren't a lot of booksellers who, you know, are at least that I know in the social media sphere that kind of share a lot of their knowledge and their insight. Um, you know, like you can find a million writing tips on Twitter. That's easy. You can, they won't always be good, but you know, you can find them and they're there. Um, but you have just like a really unique perspective that I think is really important for, for people to hear. Yeah, thank you. All right. So let's talk some drama. Um, White Lotus is a favorite of yours. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Um, Courtney. I know. We, so Courtney, I just want to ask, why haven't you watched it? <laughs> 
don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> what could right. possibly so be more? <laughs> she, she's so good about like balancing her time and paying attention to her child and yeah. getting her work stuff done. Whereas Let's be I'm real. Like, I'm scrolling nope. Instagram. That's what I'm doing with my time. <laughs> I was going to say, I got a kid around here too somewhere. And um... <laughs> I love that you think that of me, but what I'm doing is actually being trash. <laughs> Oh my goodness. All right. Well, as we have done with many other shows that we've talked about on the show, we're going to convince you to watch this one Mm -hmm. um, because it's amazing. Yeah, I'm here for it. I feel like it's a good, it's a good show for writers to watch because there is such a breadth of characters and I feel like they're all, you know, balanced very well. Um, And I feel like the way the storytelling plays out is very um, interesting and unique and different and, you know, so it's research. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And what I love about this past season the most is you can take any one of the characters and you can just make their own show. Like you could, I could have watched Ooh. a season of any one of those characters from yes. the hotel manager to, you know, the, the, the weird cousin to, you know, the, even like the smarmy guy from the beach club who was like just really gross um, I just it, that, and then that was really what hooked me. Also, the theme song is amazing. Yes. Oh my god! And I mean, I the first season was fantastic too, and I loved the first season. I think to me, the second season was so interesting in so many ways. But like the setting of this second season was just mm-hmm. like so gorgeous, and I loved how the setting like played a role in the actual story itself. Like I love when that happens and I thought that was so cool. Um, And I just, I tend to go, like I was really into the relationship between the four, I can never remember character names. I don't remember any of the names, but the group, the friend group. Yeah, Yeah. the four friend group where it's like Aubrey and her um, husband and then Theo James and the chick from Bold Type, who I love. (laughs) So I love that whole I love that whole dynamic and every single one of them. What I took away from that is that the actress from the bold type was actually in control the entire time. Like and the husband 100%. thinks he's getting away with stuff and whatever, and she is playing him from one end to the other. And like knows I just got everything. I yes. love those characters. Yes. So she, good. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, like you look at her in these first few episodes and you think like Oh, she's the like sort of like just oblivious wife and, you know, going about her business. And it's like, nope, nope, nope. I did have this debate with my husband. So I'm interested in your thoughts, Mike. A little bit of a spoiler, Courtney. Um, Do you think, what is her name? Her name is Megan. The actress's name is Megan. Mm -hmm. I don't remember her character name, though. Do you think that she and Aubrey Plaza's husband? Oh, 100%. You don't okay, even have to finish you. 100%. <laughs> My husband was like, really? And I was yeah. like, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Wait, they're hooking up? What's happening? Yeah. Is that what's happening? So, yes. there's, so the, the, two, the two husbands are friends from college. And one of the big sticking points is like one of them, he's like recently rich for whatever reason. And like he brings it up a couple of times that – 
the other friend would steal his girlfriends a lot and like hook up with them and like it made him feel bad and then there was like there's like kind of a maybe if something happened at some point during the show and this guy's obsessed with it and the other guy's wife who's like whatever don't be a victim and like oh do you want to come check out this really old, decrepit, abandoned castle with me? Just us. It's right down the beach. Like, come on. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Just switching gears real quick. These two conversations aren't related. Do you want to see down here? It's this old castle thing. Like, come on, man. <laughs> oh. I so much. The other thing is I... Uh, sometimes I love watching shows with my husband because he just has like <laughs> such a sweet, innocent perspective on life. But he, so there is, um, I mean, I don't know if they're like officially sex workers, oh, but yes. they are, you know, hooking up with these guys that are like the rich American tourists and they're, you know, the local, the local girls. And you know, the son like falls in love with one of the sex workers. And he basically is like, I'm going to send you all this money so that you can come back to America with me. And we're going to like live happily ever after just like the whole no. thing. <laughs> and my husband was like, I really thought she was going to like, leave Italy and go home with him. And I was like, what? Oh, no. <laughs> He's like, I thought that she really liked him. Da, da, da. And I was like, he just Sent her like fifty thousand euros. Like yeah. she is not leaving. Not <laughs> there is one. I will say there is one moment where I even thought I was like, well, maybe like because there's like I don't know. One night she goes to visit him, the son in the hotel room, and she has this look on her face that like she almost feels bad. Yeah. <clears throat> but then in the end, they're like frolicking through the streets yeah. of the Italian you know, <laughs> coastline, eating ice cream. Like waving at dudes that they hire to pretend to be intimidating pimps. Yeah, it's really great. Sweet. Oh my god, I have to watch uh, the show. So good. So good. I loved it so much. What so streaming good. service is it on? Uh, it's on HBO. HBO. Okay. Yeah. Gotta get it. So good. stuff. Um <laughs> and I have heard that they are at least in talks, like planning out season three. Because apparently it's going to be filming in Thailand. So that would be amazing. And I hope they did what they did from season one to season two and take a character to the next yes. White Lotus. And like, Okay, who do you want it to be? Oh, God. I almost want it to be the assistant. Like, he's got Ooh, another job. Yeah. Because, like, there's somebody who's just, like, like makes literally every, the worst pop- possible decision in every scenario. Like, yes. And, like, let's just put, see him do it again. Like, I'd totally watch them do it. I would love that. That would be good. Yeah, that would be good. I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know who else you really could unless it was like one of the couples, but I feel like I don't want to see the couples anymore. I think we've yeah, dealt no, with them. Unless Megan's character is like... Gets divorced, divorced and then goes on her own. Ooh, that would be good too. Like takes all his money and then... Yeah. <laughs> they need to hire you both on yes. to the show. Um, well, and I, so the writer and creator of the show is, uh, Mike White, who I first fell in love with because he was on Survivor. Oh, um, that's right. Yeah. As a writer or actor? 
he's a writer. Oh. And I think he directs it too, or at least some of them. But he's like the creator of the show. Um, And he wrote um, School of Rock. Mm. So that was like what he was really looking for before. (laughs) School of Rock. Um, And I just, he's just like a genius. Um, So yeah, Mike White, if you happen to be listening to this podcast, we've we've got some ideas. Give us a call. For you. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to be invited back on the podcast, the first podcast after Courtney watches it, because I just want to, I don't, I won't say anything. I just oh, like, I yeah. just want to sit there and listen. Totally. Okay. We have been talking about, we've been throwing the idea around of doing like some Instagram lives where it's like more of a deep dive on like yeah. some of the specific topics. Oh my God. So. Like that we you, run out of time for? You yeah. have to do it. And like, just because I like, I, I don't really watch a lot of, um, reality tv because i get really bad secondhand embarrassment but like i've almost a couple of times watched love is blind and it's because of you two and i'm like no i can't do it (laughs) i get real close i'm like i got it all queued up i'm like well let's see what's going on here and i'm like no i can't i I mean love is blind is definitely one of the ones where we're like okay we could do a full instagram live do it (laughs) i sent fallon speaking of secondhand embarrassment i sent fallon what an Instagram reel yesterday, Fallon, of one of the dudes like saying a song through the wall, saying he wrote it and he didn't write it. And not only that, was he lying and was like so cringy, but his he was so off pitch. Oh my god, it's bad. It was yeah, really that's bad. the kind of thing I'm just like, no, I'd like to literally would hide myself. Yeah, I wanted because to I'm just so like, embarrassed for that person melt yeah Yeah. it's really bad so I feel Um, you I feel you on that one yeah that I think I saw a TikTok about that too that somebody was like I recognized like a couple lines from that song and I like looked it up and yeah he definitely didn't write that like he changed some words because he like put her name in it and stuff which is just makes it worse honestly (laughs) stop trying to get me to watch love is blind I can't do it but like, oh, so good. Has bro watched like any romance movie ever? Because that's always no. the downfall. They're like, it wrote you this poem. It's like Edgar Allan. It's like Emily Dickinson. That's <laughs> true. It, that's like always the downfall, right? I wrote you this song. <laughs> no, you didn't. Oh my God. Yes, more straight men need to read romance. I think we all can agree. I agree on that. that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a whole book series about it. So yes, and they're very good. Take it yes, <laughs> I know that this is not on the agenda, and I don't want to take up too much of your time, Mike. But can you tell us a little bit about your romance, if you would like to? Okay, because I'm like dying. I'm dying to know. <sighs> okay, so give the people what they want. Do you? <laughs> it's not this. Um, do you want the one that I came up with in Fallon's DMs? Because of what Stouffer <laughs> had tweeted at me. I or... that, like yeah. Stouffer lasagna? Because yeah. of your last yeah. name? <laughs> Shut up, what's happening? <laughs> yes, okay. immediately. So Stouffer, the social media account manager, and I are in a little bit, not like a flame war, but um, people send me their <laughs> tweets a lot, obviously, because it's like lasagna. And like, you know, I respond back, and obviously my Twitter handle is lasagna, and go back and forth. And every once in a while, they respond, and then we go back and forth, like, for a day. 
And so I don't even remember what this one was because people send me so many of them. It was something about lasagna or what are you making for Super Bowl? And I was like, well, I know what I'm bringing. And so then we went back and forth for a while. So then I was like, well, (laughs) so then I was like, well, this is a great, like, this is a great story. Like, obviously this social media managers had somebody wrong them in the past and decided (laughs) to create the corporate character icons, whatever, based around their ex-boyfriend that wronged them. And it blew up on Twitter. And then he literally saw it and started DMing him. So that was literally one day what I... Second chance romance? What I DM found. (laughs) Yes. And I was like, yes, yes, immediately, (laughs) yes. (laughs) So that that was just like a one-off afternoon fun. So, so what I, what I actually am writing is my favorite. Uh, I'm a good second chance. I love second chance romance and, and friends to lovers. <clears throat> but what I love about a, a romance series, like the the friend group type of writing structure, like you like yours, Courtney, is the way that each book introduces an element and then focuses on those characters as you move forward each individual story. So what I thought was, well, what if I just don't write a first book? And I go to the second book and instead of the friends who are always giving the best advice to our main characters are the main characters for once. So I I decided that the best man and maid of honor uh, at their friend's wedding have been just missing the opportunity to hook up for five years, the entirety of their friend's relationship. And they just can't, there's something always going on where they just can't get it done. So then I decided, well, what if I threw them on vacation together before the wedding party gets there and it rains the entire time and (laughs) there's nothing else to do. And well, if we just get it out of our systems now, before everyone gets here, we can definitely discard the five years of tension and the fact that we're almost certainly secretly in love with each other this entire time. And we'll be over it and I'm sure it'll be fine. So that's, (laughs) What is going on now? I love a let's just get out of our systems. Yeah. It's so good. Nothing possibly could go wrong ever. I mean, and it only takes one time. And then after that one time, you're done. Right. Totally. It's going to work out great. (laughs) I don't know. The little bit. Oh, you go. You go. No, that's the little, that's the little tease that I'll give you. Um, I just went through like. 25 stages of like intense I don't know you just saw me freaking out all over the place and I really it took a lot of self-control so please applaud for me not to interrupt you every other word and scream so um, I'm gonna need that immediately I had like full body chills (laughs) I love it 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 so much so and it has like I was gonna say that's what all my little writing snippets are on Twitter is those two people interacting or either over the course of that one week or over the course of those five years that they've known each other. Wow. 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 It gives like Emily Henry, people we meet on vacation. It gives the unhoneymooners, Christina Lauren, but like a whole different twist, but it well, like I need it. It like, it has summer (laughs) vibes. It has wedding Mm. vibes. It has, all of it. And I'm going to need it really badly. Like this is the new, this is the new Emily Henry, you all. 
the new well, people let me finish writing it first. <laughs> <laughs> you can blurb that. Okay. I was going to say, um, you have our email address, so <laughs> as soon as it's ready, you just okay. slide yeah. that right on it. Yeah. <laughs> just like right there. No, no pressure at all. <laughs> going to totally be amazing. <laughs> all right. Um, we're running a little short on time, so we can kind of do a quick burst of this little topic because we asked you what you could do a TED Talk on, and you told us food and cooking. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I am not the cook in my house. So I love hearing people talk about food because I don't ever have to make it. I just get to eat it. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so I feel like this is little known, but spoiler alert. Um, I was a professional chef for a number of years and yeah. So, and graduated from the French culinary Institute. What the hell? (laughs) So, Well, yeah. now you have to write a, a chef romance. The yeah, heck? no, don't worry, I've got one of those. Um, yes. So, yeah, and so then like the chef Boyardee kind of jokes come in now, and like chef lasagna, that kind of. Stuff. So I, I think it, I could do. So I cook just about anything, and then my wife, who I love very dearly, and brings <laughs> me much joy. What's happening? Isn't really I've heard these good, words. <laughs> isn't really a good cook. <laughs> We're just trying to keep our voice down because she's in the other room. <laughs> Your wife is so, among good company with me because I am not a yeah. good cook. <laughs> yeah. So uh, a lot of times my email and text message and DMs kind of blow up around November. And I'm going to tell a really quick story about an author who I will not out here but I will say that they have a book coming out soon called uh, Love at First Set. But <clears throat> DM me. I can't me, wait for that book. DM me randomly to ask how to make a turkey. <laughs> uh, um, Sweet. So I was like explaining how to like cook a turkey, but then we had to, uh, via DM, getting to the part where you got to get in and get the neck and the giblets out because it's in the body cavity when you buy the turkey. And I think she ended up making hamburgers. But it was one of the funnier interactions that I've ever had, like trying to teach, like, and also I'm sorry, Jen, but um, it's Jen's a vegetarian. So like oh, she doesn't, no. Oh, no. no. So I'm like, yeah, just stick your hand in there and pull out the neck and the giblets. It's in this packet. <laughs> She's like, what are you talking about, Mike? This is a mistake. <laughs> That's a hard no. Why do they around. sell it with it? Can't they sell it without that stuff? No, you need it for gravy. So like you saute it in a pan. And like you oven okay. roast it and use like the grease and the fat and all the drippings. And that's what it uses a gravy base. But that's why they sell gravy in a jar, Mike. <laughs> I, no one can see this, but I'm so disappointed. <laughs> um, Trader Joe's sells just a turkey breast that you mm-hmm. can get without all the other stuff. So yeah. just hit up Trader Joe's. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, the good thing about... Um, like I am not the cook in my house and your wife is not the cook in your house, but you only need one, right? right. Like I feel like it's better that way. 
That's Unfortunately, I am the cook. Oh, no. <laughs> that was a genuine reaction of, like, I'm afraid. <laughs> jarred gravy. <laughs> All oh, day long. No. You don't use jarred pasta sauce, right? You can't tell Mike Lasagna that you use jarred pasta sauce. No. She's eerily silent. <laughs> Sometimes I spice no. it up with a bay leaf and a little dash of sugar <laughs> that I learned from my neighbor. Sugar? Yeah, it cuts down the acidity, Mike. <laughs> oh, it cuts down the acidity on a jarred pasta sauce. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to email you a recipe. Nice. Okay. It's going to be really easy. Okay. I'm ready. It's going to take uh, all day, but it's going to be no. really easy. Oh. You're overestimating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. Well, on that note, Mike, can you please tell everyone where we can find you on the internet for um, cooking tips? and <laughs> book recommendations. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm still holding on at Twitter. It's the lasagna. So at the lasagna at Twitter. Um, I'm also on Instagram at the lasagna, but that's really just, I, there is food pictures on there if you want to take a look and pictures of my adorable son. Yeah, the cutest. So cute. I'm very impressed that you got the lasagna as your Twitter handle. I was, I was <clears throat> really early. I mean, so the, the anniversary came up the other day. I've been on Twitter for 15 years, it said. So it's probably the, one of the first ones. Nice. Yeah. Impressive. And you'll hold on until the end. Yeah, probably. <laughs> the pioneer. I love it. Um, Mike, this has been absolutely delightful. Uh, I think we made Courtney, or you made Courtney cry, like, at least four times, which is definitely a record. And snort, sorry, I snort sorry. laugh. <laughs> and that's amazing. That me to me, that's a successful episode. So. Well, thank, <laughs> thank you both for having me. Uh, it's been a real pleasure, and, and really keep it up. I love listening. Thank you so much. You're the best. And don't forget thank to you. email us your manuscript. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hold off on the recipes. Just, yeah. the Just the book. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Happy to Meet Cute. If you enjoyed our podcast, we would love it so much if you would give us a follow on social media. We are at Happy to Meet Cute on Instagram. And also, if you could please leave a review and subscribe, that would be amazing. If you would like to follow your host, you can find Courtney at court underscore K K A E on all social media platforms. And you can find me Fallon Ballard at Fallon Ballard everywhere you imbibe your social media. If you would like to buy any of the books mentioned in this episode, you can find links in the show notes and a special shout out to Zachary Kibbe and Matt Ballard for our amazing theme song. Thank you so much for tuning in and we hope to see you next time.